This is The Public Speaker. Quick and dirty tips for improving your communication skills with your host, Lisa B. Marshall. Did you listen to part one of the episode, Tools to Connect with Your Audience? You did great. So, pop quiz. Which technique did I just use in this opening? A question, right? That was easy. However, in the last episode, I talked about four techniques for capturing your audience's attention and interest. So for bonus points, can you name the three other strategies? Do you ever mix up further and farther? What about supposedly and supposably? You're not alone. It's why Mignon Fogarty, a.k.a. Grammar Girl, put together a list of 101 misused words you'll never confuse again. The book is chock full of memory tricks, famous quotes, and crossword entries, and you'll master these pairs for good. It's available for download on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. And the answers were setting, onomatopoeia, and generalization. By using one of those strategies, you build excitement in the beginning of your story. And the idea is to have your audience thinking, I wonder what's next. That's why you also need to develop the middle of your story so that it's engaging and interesting too. And like the beginning, the middle has strategies that can help you keep your audience actively engaged and interested. So here are my six easy tips. Tip number one, use step-by-step action. The middle of the story is where the action takes place. So in the middle, you need step-by-step actions of your characters so that you can move the story forward. Typically, engaging middles include significant difficulties or significant discoveries, and sometimes a really wide range of emotions. For example, which is better? I wrote my podcast this morning, or... At 6.15 a.m., I opened my eyes and thought, I feel good. Maybe I could get an episode done before the kids leave. In this quick, I know, somewhat boring example, 6.15 a.m. is the opening setting, which then progresses into several actions. And then by framing the action in the form of steps, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, it makes the boring story inherently more interesting. Typically, in the middle of the story is when you introduce the main characters. Sometimes they're introduced through inner dialogue, like in my quick example, and sometimes we learn about a character by their observations of others, or via another character's observation of them. But usually in a small moment story, we hear the name or we hear about the physical appearance. Sometimes a character introduction is so strong that it can double as the opening attention getter. Here's the example from the classic novel Lord Jim. This was the first sentence of that novel. He was an inch, perhaps two under six feet, and he advanced straight at you with a slight stoop of his shoulders, head forward, and a fixed from understare, which made you think of a charging bull. Like in real life, character descriptions like the one I just said, it creates a very strong first and lasting impression. That particular sentence is also a great example of show not tell. Show not tell is a technique that was developed by Rebecca Kaplan It helps students to create rich mental pictures and avoid meaning-starved words like nice or weird or awesome. However, show-not-tell also applies to expressing emotions. For example, if I had more time to expand that example, I might say something like, at 6.15 a.m., I opened my eyes, smiled, cranked up the stereo, and started to dance. And with the energy of the music and my blood pumping, I thought, I bet I can get an episode done before the kids leave. The first time, I just said... I feel good. This time, I showed you exactly what feeling good is for me. 
by showing you instead of telling you about my emotions, it makes the story again inherently more interesting. Okay, well, I cheated. In both my examples, I snuck in the use of another tool, dialogue. Dialogue is what you say or you think, and of course, it's conversations that you have with other people. What makes dialogue interesting is the specific word choices that the characters make. Again, like in real life, word choice provides insight into personalities. Another tool that you can use to help spice up the middle of the story is the use of figurative language, which is just a more colorful way of speaking. It includes onomatopoeia, metaphor, simile, analogy, idiomatic speech, oxymoron, alliteration, personification, paradox, imagery, hyperbole, and understatement. By the way, I included links for each of those in the text, so if you want to learn more, you can just click on the links. In the meantime, here are some examples. Ding, 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 the clock struck three. I was a day late and a dollar short. Or, it would have been better to be an hour too soon than a minute too late. Finally, another tool that you can use is a list. Here's an example of three different lists. What images and feelings do they evoke for you? Here's list one. I packed my laptop, my iPad, and my favorite black pantsuit. Here's list number two. I packed a fresh set of underwear, a toothbrush, and that's it. List number three. I packed my clothes, toiletries, and a picture of me as a baby. The first one, of course, gives you the impression that I'm all business, a serious professional who works 24-7 and can't manage without her gadgets. The second list, of course, gives the opposite impression of a carefree and adventurous spirit. The third list makes you wonder about the baby picture. And although each of the three lists only had three items, each list can face far more meaning than just the three items that were listed. And again, that's how you add interest and engage your audience when you're speaking. So I'd like to wrap up today by asking you to imagine these tools, the tools of engagement and connection, as spices. And the story, the raw ingredients. The specific tools that you choose create the flavor and the color of the story. And like cooking, don't be afraid to experiment. Then ask for feedback to find out what the audience liked best. That's all we have time for today, but we'll pick up from here the next time with some tips and techniques for more engaging story endings. This is the public speaker, Lisa B. Marshall. Passionate about communication, your success is my business. If you have questions about how to communicate better at work, leave a voicemail at 206-350-7970 or email publicspeaker at quickanddirtytips.com. Sign up for Lisa's newsletter or get information about speeches and workshops by visiting lisabmarshall.com. You can find a transcript of this show and links to connect with Lisa at publicspeaker.quickanddirtytips.com. <laughs>